This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Nancy Liu. She was named Forbes 30 Under 30 and is founder of a company called Inplug. She's also founder of Nanalee Bioscience, which develops polymers and eliminates refrigeration for vaccines. She's a UC Berkeley alum. alum. Nancy received an Emmy for producing the Amazon TV show The Bay. Nancy, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Biotech TV Emmys. What don't you do? <laughs> I get bored very easily, so I got to keep things uh, interesting. Okay, so tell us about Inplug. What's the business doing? How do you make money? Yeah, so Inplug is a digital display software company. So what that really means is for all the different screens and TVs you have in your office and you want to show custom content, we are the software that allows you to control and show different types of content like social media, your sales metrics, your employee of the month. Uh, and then you can easily manage all of it in our online dashboard. So this is kind of like when I go into any building where there's a WeWork, the elevator TV has one thing on it. When I get off the elevator, that's you guys? That's all us. All the WeWork screens you see, we power those screens. We love WeWork as the clients. Got it. So this is not a, hey, consumer who lives in the three-bedroom home with three TVs in each bedroom, use us to put things up on the TVs. This is a, hey, B2B play, hey, company, buy us to manage your support dashboard wait time, to manage your event schedule on the TV above the kitchen, that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's all about improving your internal communications or your communication with customers. Got it. And is the business model a pure SaaS play? Pure SaaS play. Although we do have hardware that our customers also purchase, but our plan starts out at $143 per month for okay. one screen. Uh, and then there's the optional device that you can buy for $199. Okay. And are most of your folks, like what, what's the average customer would you say pay you per month? Is that $143 for one screen? Uh, typically, our average customer is paying us $400 per month. Got it. So on average, they have call it three-ish screens. Yes. Something like that. Okay. And it's pretty big. It's like a lot of customers with one or two screens and then a lot of customers with over a hundred screens. Really? So there's a huge gap in the middle. Yeah. It's interesting. How do you manage that dual focus? Yeah. You know, we debate it a lot in our team too, which obviously we prefer the larger customers, but we get tons of leads. Everything we do is inbound. So we actually don't even do external sales call. All of our sales folks are uh, inside sales. Uh, so it's, it's a interesting management. So for the smaller businesses, they actually typically take just as much time to close the larger businesses. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That's usually the case. It's, it's funny how that's usually the case. And most times when I hear people tell your story, they then say, we decided to kill this business to only focus on this side of the business, but you're still managing both. We, we are. Okay. Okay. And, <laughs> good. Give me more of the backstory here. When did you launch the company? So started it in the end of 2012, totally accidentally how we started the business. Uh, at the time, I was serving as CEO for the biotech company, which I had started my senior year uh, in college. And so I had got it uh, funding and I'm not a biochemist. by How training. much did you raise for that biotech company? 
So to date, we've raised a couple million dollars and most of it actually non-dilutive funding. It's a beautiful, brilliant thing that, you know, as a... Like grants? Yeah, grants. So we were able to pay the first three years just from all these different grants and not give any equity away, which is pretty cool. Uh, but for Inplug uh, and for software company, you typically don't really qualify for these, uh, you know, state grants that are about saving lives and whatnot. Um, maybe Inplug one day will save lives, but <laughs> most of the time we're just helping optimize businesses. So is Inplug bootstrapped or have you raised capital? We've raised money. So we've raised a total of $5 million. Okay. Uh, priced or a, or a, equi- or a convertible note? Uh, just a convertible note, although we did do one amount that was, uh, the last one was priced. What do you mean by the last one was priced? Oh, so we did, we did do a convertible note and then we did, um, convert, uh, one. I was going to say that is a heck of a lot of money to do only on a convertible note. So you did a smaller round and then you have done a priced round since then altogether 5 million. It is. I would do things differently. How? (laughs) Well, so for Natalie, we actually raised venture uh, money. So we took it at a VC. Um, and so the second time I was raising money, it was like, okay, you know what? I don't want to deal with so many different investors and convertible notes. I just want to raise one round, one investor and a very clean cap table. Yep. And, and it's much cleaner today, obviously, than the, the, the biotech company. Uh, yes. yes. So how is that? I mean, so you're wearing an Mplug sweatshirt, which I'm going to guess that means you're more into Mplug than you are in the biotech company. I mean, are you still, are you managing both companies at once? I am. Okay. How does that work? <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I spend, I come to the office, um, or Mplug, um, but on the weekends and then the non Mplug work hours, I'm working on Natalie. Interesting. And what's the team size at Mplug today? So Mplug here in our U.S. office, we've got 20 people. Okay. And where are, there, where are the other offices? In our other offices, we run a franchise model. So we have offices in Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, Melbourne, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, and uh, UK. And when you say you have a franchise model, does that mean you take your core tech, white label it, charge a setup fee, and then a cut of sales? Yes, exactly. But your core team is 20 based in San Fran? Uh, Los Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles. Okay. Who came up with the white label model? Uh, it was very accidental. Basically, I spoke um, at the global YPO conference where I was on the main stage. Uh, there was three to 4,000 CEOs around the world, of very, very large companies in the audience. Uh, nobody actually wanted to hear what I was saying, but I was going on stage right before Magic Johnson. So, you know, people were kind of stuck hearing my story. So I shared my story. And then the former head for DHL, the logistics company, or Europe and Africa came up to me and was like, Hey, I've been, I've been running DHL for a long time now. And I want to go into tech. I want to do something different. Let me open your office in Europe. And I thought he was joking, but he wasn't. And then a year later we had a office in actually first in Bratislava, Slovakia. And the model that we found was going to be the easiest was he's going to invest all the money uh, for putting together the sales team in Slovakia uh, and then he would just license our branding and license our technology. And it's been a beautiful model since then. What about the fixed costs? Who, is the, is the, is, is the office rent sit on your balance sheet or his, uh, his got or his PNL. Okay. Interesting. That's great. So literally it's just the technology. Yep. How do yep. you, how do you deal with people in different areas wanting pieces of the tech customized certain ways? Yeah. So we actually built a lot of enterprise features that were both for our customers because a lot of our customers want to have these enterprise features that are, you know, instead of saying powered by Inplug, which most of our screens say, you can have the option of saying, you know, powered by WeWork or uh, powered by Marriott. Uh, and so because we already built that in, it was actually easy to then extend those features to our distributors. 
Got it. So you don't have a lot of inbound requests that would require significant dev time to change your core tech. Yeah, we had definitely a long conversation with the engineering team, sales and engineers. Sales is like, we really want this to close these deals. And engineers, do you understand how not scalable that is? So we tried to make all of our features highly applicable for all of our clients. And now what are you at today in terms of total customers paying for the platform? Yeah, so we have over a thousand companies using our software. Okay, and is that, are those, obviously the, the, the model, what you make is very different if you're selling to them direct versus through a partner. Are those a thousand all direct? Yes, those are all direct. Okay, got it. So you're not even including in those. So, so how many partners do you have around the world? Yeah, around the world, we've got 10 partners. Got it. And on average, how many customers do they typically sell? Yeah, uh, I would say they average around 150 companies. Okay, 150 companies. So if we, I'm just going to, for a second, just to make it simpler to talk about, I'm going to ignore all your partner channels, which if they're listening, they're going to throw eggs at me, but that's okay. There's Twitter, so you can throw them there. You directly though, a thousand customers paying, you said earlier, you have an ARPU of around 400 bucks. I mean, you guys are doing north of 400 grand a month, right? Uh, yep, just about. Yep, that's great. Now, what's the revenue model like with your partners? What do you take? What cut? Yeah, so it depends on the region. So some regions, because like Brazil, things are just cheaper. So we charge a different pricing to our Brazil. Uh, and then for our uh, Japan partner, Australia partner, they're much closer to our own pricing. Okay. Uh, and so okay. it's tiered. So for uh, the early early uh, batches of license they sell, it's more expensive for them. And then it gets cheaper as they sell more licenses. Yep, economies of scale, right? Yep. And is this generally a fixed, a fixed flat fee per screener per company you charge, or is it a percentage of sales typically? It is a both depending on the, the company, but typically it's a fixed fee per license. Fixed fee per license. Okay, good. That makes sense. And what about growth? So obviously we know we're doing, a, you're doing about 400 grand per month today in revenue. Take me back 12, 13 months in December, 2016. What were you doing then about? Yeah, we were doing half. Wow. So you've doubled year over year. That's great. That's amazing. And where are you getting most of your customer? I mean, how are they finding you or what's your CAC? Where are you spending the money? Yes. So actually most of our CAC is just from the sales commission for all of our inbound sales reps. Um, But uh, the other pieces is SEO and content creation. So again, all of our leads are inbound and I credit our head of marketing, Colin Beauvais of doing just a fantastic job of building that platform. Uh, So we spend maybe only like now, $500 on Google AdWords per month. Uh, and then, uh, but we spend most of the other marketing resources on creating content, good blog entries, uh, writing about our industry, uh, writing guest posts. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com 
click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Do you measure fully weighted CAC? So take the salaries of all your content and salespeople divided by new customers per month. And if so, if you do care about that, what is that number? Yeah, so the CAC ends up being um, around $1,100 per uh, customer, new customer. And that means you recover that in, you know, three months, which is pretty healthy at 400 bucks a month. Yep. That's great. So do you get pressure at board meetings from these folks that have given you money to say, Hey, be more aggressive with your spend, get customers faster. You're getting your, your payback's super, super low. It's super good. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because so we raised this one round of funding and then we became cash flow positive two years ago. And so the board is actually just myself and my two co-founders. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, the, so whoever did the series A didn't require a board seat. We did do a series A. I we thought just you- raised an angel round. Uh, the, the biotech company raised venture capital. I thought you said you did a, I thought you said you did a convertible note and then a priced equity round. Oh, we did one, but not all of them are converted. Okay. Got it. So whoever gave you, did you have a lead investor on the priced round? Nope. So nobody there who set the terms. Uh, so we just negotiated with the investor with, with, Oh, it was a single investor. Yes. Got it. Okay. So it was a single investor. What was the seed? How much did you have in before the second round? What was the seed round? Uh, 4.5. Okay, wait, I'm confused. The seed round, the, the one before the big one. So you, you raised 500K first? It's all in kind of like this ongoing rolling basis. Okay, got it. So you, you did essentially a rolling convertible note. And at some point, one person wrote you, go ahead. It was, we want equity. We're like, okay. Got it. The one guy or girl said, we want equity now. Here's a $4.5 million check. How much equity would you give me for that? Actually, yeah, they, they just only wrote a 250K. Okay, wait, I'm confused. And it's not because it's me. It's not you. The first money into the company was 500,000 via angels on a note. Oh, there's no 500,000. We just raised basically everything on notes. Like the first, I think, check we ever took in was $25,000 from a dentist. Okay. And then we took in like a $50,000 convertible note and 100, 250. So a lot of them are still unconverted. Okay, but not from the same dent. They're all from different people. Yes. Okay, that's where I got confused because you just said you took most of the money from one person. No. Okay. No. <laughs> so, so you just, you kept raising on convertible notes until mm-hmm. somebody said, we want equity. Yes. And, and we just took in one equity person, but the other notes haven't converted. I see. So, so. Which is tricky. And I would not recommend it for other folks, which is why when I raised my money for the biotech company afterwards, we only took in one investor. I get it. I think I get it. So let me repeat it back to you just to make sure I understand clearly. You got a 10,000, a 20,000, a $30,000 check. You negotiated. Everyone was the same kind of cap and the same discount, or you negotiated a different note every single time you got a $20,000 check. There was like probably six different terms. Oh my gosh, Nancy, you, you are brave. Okay, got it. So each one was a different negotiation. And eventually maybe someone said, I want to write you a bigger check, but I want equity for it. You negotiated whatever, you know, our value is X. So you're going to get this percent of the company, but everyone else, even after that was still just one off notes. Oh, we just didn't take any notes after that. 
Got it. Everyone had to do equity at the at the terms of your first equity round. Yeah. And we actually just didn't need to take more money in. It's something that we even debated ourselves, but um, we're pretty just happy with how things are now. That's great. No, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. Um, churn is obviously critical in a SaaS company. What's your churn today? It's about 1.2% per month. And that's logo or revenue? That is revenue. Okay, revenue churn is 1.2% per month. Now, when you add on expansion revenue at the end of a year, are you into the net negative churn range yet or no? Um, think about that one. I'm not Me- sure. Yeah, meaning, um, and maybe you know what this means, so I'm not talking down at all, but your expansion, whatever you upsell oh, sorry, customers. is included. That is included. So that is, you're, you're, doing, you're doing net, uh, net revenue churn is 1.2% per month. Got it. Okay. So you're not negative yet, but still healthy company. Um, okay, good. That's helpful. And is your logo churn about the same? Logo churn is going to be, uh, yeah. Um, no, uh, it would be higher. Okay. Significantly higher, like two, 3% per month or it would be like two to 3%. Okay. Got it. That's, that's helpful to understand, but pretty similar. Interesting. So what do you, I mean, what do you do with the, what do you want to do with the company? Right. Do, do you ever like go, Oh, I should sell the bio thing to only do this or sell this one to only do biotech or no? Uh, no, I think, um, for me, it's all about maximizing my time. And oftentimes I don't think there are more than really like 40 or 50 hours of productive hours per week for a single company. And so I, I don't actually need to sleep that much. So I have a lot of extra hours that I can just divide between multiple things. And last economics question here before we wrap up with the famous five, how long do you assume or what do you assume lifetime value is on one of these customers? Uh, yeah, so the average lifetime customer value, um, so typically the customer will stay according just based on churn about four to five years or yep. more. Uh, and so the lifetime ends up being, what is that, like 25K? Yeah. At 400 bucks a month across, you know, 56. Like yeah, 6,000 um, a year uh, ends up being yeah, about 25, 30,000. Yep. That's really, really healthy economics. Let's wrap up here, Nancy, with the famous five. One word answers here. Number one, what is your favorite business book? Favorite business book? Uh, I have to say, I love the hard thing about hard things. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I really, I, I like everything that Bill Gates has done and is still doing and uh, Jeff Bezos, of course. Yep. Number uh, f- uh, three, is there a favorite online tool you have besides your own? Well, all of our team communication we, we use uh, is Slack. So we like Slack and we like HubSpot. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Four to five. I'd like to do more. That's incredible. That's inc- you're taking some potion from your biotech company that makes you not have to sleep, huh? <laughs> That's the, that's our actual secret. Yeah. Right. All right. And what's your situation, Nancy married single? Do you have kiddos? Single, single, um, no kids. Boyfriend. No <laughs> single as a not married, but boyfriend. Got Yeah. He, that's good. Cause if he's listening, we don't, you don't want any bad notes. All right. So no kiddos yet. And do you mind me asking how old you are? I am 27. 27. That's great. Last question. Take us back seven years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, I wish my 20-year-old self knew to go and buy Bitcoin immediately. <laughs> Are you? Do you have exposure there now? 
I do. Yeah, that's good. All right, there you guys have it from Nancy. She would have bought Bitcoin earlier on, even though Warren Buffett is saying it's going to end badly. We'll see what happens. It's up for debate. But anyways, she's managing multiple companies, launched her current company, Inplug, back in 2012, helping companies control the many, many screens throughout their buildings or their workplace for a variety of different things like WeWork or Marriott things at the elevators or anything like that. They've got a team of 20 uh, based in LA. They've raised $5 million total, currently serving about a thousand customers that pay about 400 bucks a month. So 400 grand a monthly recurring revenue or about 4.8 million bucks a year run rate right now. That is up from about half that just 12 months ago. So about 2.4 million run rate back in December of 2016, 2% gross monthly churn. So healthy there. Revenue churn is even healthier than that. CAC is about 1100 bucks. LTV is 20 grand. So super healthy ratio there. Nancy, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.